Today we're talking about what it's like to love something all by yourself and other stuff after we look at royalty-free black and white video and then listen to some trippy music uh, in a what's that intro all about anyway bowl of dude soup. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> wow. It's never been updated, huh? Why would it? Almost five years. Why mess I was gonna say that intro represents everything this podcast is about. (laughs) Never changing, never growing. Uh, uh, This episode is brought to you by Honey. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/dude. Bespoke post. Get twenty percent off your first subscription box at boxofawesome.com and enter promo code dude. And Fleur. Go to Fleur.com today and use promo code DUDESOUP to get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. We're going to hear more from them later on in the show. First of all, I'd like to welcome my guests for this podcast. Bruce, it's good to have you here Bruce. on Dude. We do that, we do that joke Bruce, every everyone's single time. Everyone's a guest. Everyone's a guest. It's Joel. Uh, Bruce Green, huh. Elise Willems, and the one and comely... Joel Rubin. The one in Comely, Joel Rubin? I was trying to make it sound like only. But I know, but. Comely. Comely? One in Homely? One in Homely. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Comely mean you want to come in him? No, that's comable. Well, it's oh. it, to Joel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, I thought Joel was drinking out of a candle holder. Before Joel the is the only started. one who brought a choice. Do you still sell this thing? I don't know that we ever sold that thing. I think that is a candle holder that you're holding. No, no, it's insulated. Does it taste like wax? Insulated to keep the heat in, Joel. Mm. <laughs> it's the worst tumbler I've had in my life. It's so skinny it doesn't fit in the car. In the this oh, so you brought oh, that. you wanted to know if you we didn't still find sold that in the it, so you, you wanted to rip on yeah. it. Oh, why do you have that? It's because you gave it to me when I left. I mean, you were like, Joel, here, is, here's your retirement <laughs> gift, asshole. Is a co-creator of Funhouse <laughs> as much as we'd like to forget that. Yeah, uh, he totally is. Does the wiki say that? He has about as much stake in it as we do, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you guys for joining me uh, for this episode. We're going to get a little personal, a little storytelling. Um, I want to touch on some things because I had a personal experience last week, but I don't want to make it all about me, so I want to make sure I got some people that could make it about themselves, too. Mm. Um, but, no, I had a, I had an interesting personal week. We, we uh, Last week we did the Games Done Slow charity, which was blew my expectations out of the water. Um, and was a lot of fun. I actually had fun the whole time, despite how exhausting it seemed. I, w- I felt like I was energized by the people around me and, and doing it. Joel, of course, yeah, was Joel a special guest. You stayed way longer than you needed to. Thank you, Joel. We oh. appreciate that. I felt I felt like I needed to... St- I was like, all right, I'm going to stay until Rahul leaves. And then he just stayed. He just stayed all night. He's got I nowhere can't to be. I know. That's, that's what I said. Is, I have a fucking baby. I got to go home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, that... That stream ended, mm. slept for about three hours, mm. and then and then the next day, Elise and I went on a long-planned whirlwind trip to Las Vegas for about 36 hours yeah. um, for one specific reason. I wanted to gamble away $1 million. <laughs> and did you? You I mean $80,000. 80000 I had $80,000 hurting a hole in my pocket that I needed to gamble our way. I had $23.32. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, I wanted to go see a musical act that I never thought I would ever see in this country. You've never seen it before? No, of course not. He hasn't he's never here. torn. He never torned. Torned? I didn't torned? know that. Oh, wow. Torned. Torned. Okay. Um, yeah, I went to go see Robbie Williams. I find out that he's never toured in America. That blows my mind. He... Well, he's sold I'm not three Robbie albums and they're all bought by me. He may have been to like Canada, Mexico. 
but never, the, maybe, never the states. Maybe twenty years ago. I mean, what else? What else is in North America? Haiti, the Dominican <laughs> Republic, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Um, no, but yeah. So, so I went specifically. He announced late last year, I think, that he was going to do a Vegas residency, just a very brief Vegas res- residency of like a week and a half in March. Um, and you're about a two decade Robbie Williams fan. I've since millennium mm-hmm. that song came out i was a big james bond fan well i i put together a slideshow bruce i took this for you cool global phenomenon, phenomenon. What? Oh, sir he's a, he's a knight no oh. that's fake <laughs> <laughs> he can't be a knight because this is some balloons he's, he's, he had why? tax evasion oh. i don't know that he's he recently came up for it again and they said no we're not doing it because of tax related issues Ooh. to a charity that he was involved in um this was a guy who was walking around in the lobby of the venue, fast. Um, holding a bunch of balloons that were for, he was like, balloons for Robbie, balloons for Robbie, and they spelled out gay. Um, he has a great sense of humor about himself. Wow. But yeah, I've been a fan well, since the, basically millennium. Um, his sexuality has been in contention in the UK press. Some some people criticize him because they think that he uses this like pseudo gay angle really? to mm-hmm. like attract an audience. but. Oh. He he is married to a woman. As hinted on in the uh, album title, uh, Swings Both Ways. Yes. Oh, so maybe he's just bi. Maybe he's bi. Yeah. I don't think he's bi, though. I don't think, uh, you're, I think you're just bi, Bruce. You're bi. I don't think you want to belittle it by saying just bi. I said maybe bi. he, I thought he said That's maybe he's bi. That's just Chris Angel. That's not anything <laughs> That's something else. Right. That was a picture I took for is that, Lawrence. Wait, can we go back to that? Is it possible? Do you want to see the, yeah. yeah. So is that Photoshop? Is no. that his face photoshopped? That's what I, I said. don't think so. That's exactly what I think. It does not just, look real. I mean, it doesn't probably look the same lighting. To it, but that was a pay, in one of the. I mean, usually people's cycle. bodies get more tan than their faces because I feel like you, you know. Also, his, the proportion of look from an artistic point of view, the proportion of his head anatomically is mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. His head is bigger than it should be. We're talking about Chris Angel right now, not <laughs> Robbie Williams. Which, you went, you went to Vegas to see this Chris to Angel see Chris play. Angel, <laughs> Twenty years in the making. No, yeah. So he had a brief residency in March. And it was around the time where we weren't sure whether or not Arizona Circle was going to be shooting, and so I wasn't, I w- didn't try very hard to get tickets. Um, and then they sold out immediately. So then they announced a second residency, uh, which would have been last week, and that's the the week I decided to go. And Elise joined me, mm-hmm. not and so reluctantly. No, although I'm not a huge Robbie Williams fan, I was familiar with all of his music. He mm-hmm. was pretty popular in Canada mm-hmm. um, during like the Ego Has Landed album release, and he mm-hmm. got a lot of radio play. So all his singles made it, all his music videos made it over. Like so I knew all Rocky his songs. Day. That's that's the most Supreme. famous. The most famous music video is the one where like his skin. Yeah, he's um, like, yeah. So like I'd say yeah. like Angel is probably his most well known song. Most well known song, maybe like if you yeah can count America, too. Maybe because yeah. Jessica Simpson covered it like oh, okay. later on in her career, and she it became way more popular than his initial song was. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a Get pretty cool money. It was a pretty cool experience for me, but it did. I couldn't help but sit there and think about how alone in that appreciation I was, at least in the past two decades, feeling pretty alone. Because of the, the where you lived. Just because, say. yeah, because I grew up in the United States and I don't know why I got it, but I just was cued into it. And it's weird because it kind of held true. He's got it. He's basically he does a stand up act while also doing music. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like almost like an old crooner. 
in a, type in like pre YouTube world in the 1990s. How did you get into Robbie Williams if it wasn't popular and it wasn't being played on the radio? Millennium was a one hit wonder type song in the U.S. Uh-huh. And I was really into that. Uh-huh. And then I so then I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then I went out and bought an album because it was a one hit wonder. I mean, Would you, you do, do that with a lot Woody, of stuff. Blockbuster music, Tower Records, Warehouse. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it might have been CD Warehouse yeah. or something like that. Um, and so I had CD that Warehouse. album. But then it just like you don't think about. There's no internet back then, so you're not really tracking things. You don't know that you just things sometimes just disappear mm-hmm. and they go away. Um, but then he had Rock DJ come out. Which got a little was a little notorious because they had to censor the music video, yeah. and then so I was like, "Oh, sweet, another Robbie Williams album." So then I bought that album, and that one I listened to a lot, a lot. Like I used to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater with their music turned down, and the Robbie Williams "Sing When You're Winning." No album one turns down up. the music in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> I did. <laughs> what? Um, and so I listened to that album a lot. I got the special edition that had uh, the DVD, so it had. A DVD, but it had like a 360p uh, or whatever file that you could watch the uncensored oh. music video on. That, that music video, by the way, is awesome. It's yeah, you it's should great. totally watch the music. Can video. Can we pull up the music video for Rock DJ? Yeah, Rock DJ. Get, whoever's listening yeah. to this podcast, if you get a chance, you should go watch it because it's yeah. a great yeah. music. Stop video. watching this podcast. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, unsubscribe from Funhouse. I didn't say any of those things. And then but go watch. It, it just it's I, I always I always like the vibe of like he he's got a unique voice. I feel like he has a pretty unique voice, but then he also is humorous. Like some singers are just like singers and they have no personality or whatever, but like he's always been very personality in his performance. And I always kind of like that. So then, but by that point I was like, oh, I understand now. I'm the only one who cares. So I, every time a new album would come out, I'd have to find out that a new album came out on my own. (laughs) And then I would buy it, and I just kept, I just kept going that way. I just keep listening to Robbie Williams, but knowing that at that point that he was never going to be popular here, or most likely never going to be popular here, it just came became this weird thing. And there's so many other musical acts that I saw before this, like Kiri Pamu Pamu, pop star from Japan. I've seen twice um, before seeing him once, despite having loved his music for 20 years, um, and so just. Getting that, I went to the show. It was great. A lot of Vegas hits. He did a lot of. He did Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, and then also he did Rock DJ and some of his more popular songs and stuff. Did he do um, like? Did he just sing the songs, or did he do Frank Sinatra? Did he like sing it in the style of Frank? He, no, he sang it in his his in his, his voice. Yeah. But I mean, he kind of has like one of those voices anyway. I think like I I don't think that he's like I I'm all about range uh-huh. or whatever. He's more of a personality singer. Frank Sinatra's got a good voice, but it's Frank Sinatra's voice better than a amazing singer's voice kind of thing. But it was really funny. He brought out this old man in a, in a tux and he's like, this is my dad. You know, he was a singer for you know 18 years. I used to watch him, I used to watch him on stage. The song we're going to sing is the song he used to always used to perform in this little pub. And they sang the song together. It was really heartfelt. And then after he's like, that's not my fucking dad. <laughs> yeah, I found him in the lobby. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, it was great. Like, it was a true... Uh, for like entertainment show, yeah, not just a concert. It was like a it's really funny. He he brought this woman on stage, it was like dry humping, and then her was like couch. like well, he was like, I'm gonna sing a very romantic song to you, and then uh, and then but then he's like lying on top of her, 
And then, and then at one point he like he's like, "Go to an headlock," where he like he like she'd get up and he's like, "Sit the fuck down." <laughs> like, it, like he turned it into a, a show. And That's it was, great. It was a really really good performance. I'm glad I finally got to see it, but I couldn't help. There was a point where he was like, "All right, well, let's see where everybody's from. Who here's from the UK? Huge boom. Who here's from Canada? <laughs> boom. Ooh. What about Mexico? Yeah, Australia. Yeah. Boom. Wow. He goes, "All right." Here's the ticket. <laughs> he goes, who here is from the U.S. of A? And it's like you and And it was dude. me and like one woman that was like two rows down and then like a handful of other people down towards the oh, front. Oh, Vegas? That's yeah. so weird. Well, a lot. We, the we, couple we, next to us had flown in. They were like UK uh, transplants. transplants and they had flown in from like Missouri, Missouri where yeah. they lived. And specifically they were, like, to see Specifically Robert. just yeah. to see him. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's gambling in Missouri. There's, yeah. there's, there's well, Branson, baby. I, yeah. I guess Vegas is the right place to do that because you can justify going to yeah. Vegas right. for something like Because they were so like, well, we may there. go see another show tomorrow night. I was thinking that originally when you were telling this that it was all like tourists who were in Vegas to be in Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Rob Williams. Yeah, sure. Like, whatever. I know him from back home. Mm-hmm. But no, these are people who came specifically. Mm-hmm. See that way. Yeah. Um, it did seem like... This movie's video took a weird turn. I know. It's yeah, great. That's why it's great. It's, it's awesome. so good. Um... But anyway, uh, so it was a weird experience because I was like, you know, you feel like you're alone appreciating this thing. And then, you know, we've brought him up on Funhouse before. And it's a, it is a fun thing. He makes fun of himself in the, in the show about how none of us told any of our friends. He's like, oh, thanks for coming to my show. Wish you told someone about me. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. That's like really he was like really shitting on himself a lot. He did this whole thing where he, there's a speech like that went up beforehand that it was you're supposed to sing along to and well, it was all yeah. about how he's like huge sensation he except did it to for the in the British US national anthem so yeah. basically you were doing reading the, the anthem yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it, the whole thing was like riddled with that kind of humor and Ooh. stuff and then he did this one bit where he was like you know this stage used to be where the sands casino was and this is where the rat pack performed like most nights, this is this this is the stage, and so this is like a dream come true for me, and it's amazing. So I'm gonna sing this Dean Martin song. He sings a Dean Martin song, and then after his song's over, he goes, he goes, I lied about the stage, <laughs> miles away. <laughs> um, but uh, but so it was really fun. But I just wanted to. But it taps into something bigger, I think, because like we all have like weird little interests. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was like that. Like it's, it isn't something unique to me, but I feel like everyone, you know, there are things we have now and I especially think coming from our generation it's easier to have those interests that you're like I'm the only one mm-hmm. you can feel you may not be the only one but you can feel like you're the only one so I wanted to bring you guys in to kind of ask you guys Aww. how you feel about that and you brought in the man who the, the first person I thought of when I mentioned it <laughs> or actually at least was like you should ask Joel he's got tons of interest no one cares he's about. a weirdo who likes weird stuff <laughs> he's always like weird stuff he's been ostracized for it mm-hmm. no I should say first and foremost, uh, f- flavor and variety is the spice of life, mm. right? And mm. I think, for the most part, you appreciate people that have a have a wide array of differences from you mm-hmm. because it, it fills in the gaps and it and it it makes things less boring. So I personally like when people have like weird li- weird little, you know, uh, hobbies or weird little like. Fetishes for stuff, non non sexual, but sometimes sexual. But Sorry, sometimes I mean, sexual. Could be. Don't make um, But like, I kind of like that. I like. I think I always kind of gravitate toward weird people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you sometimes yourself. to my fault. You you say. 
But because well, when that happens, you end up in Vegas going to a Robbie Williams. <laughs> did you drive or did you fly? We flew. We flew. Uh, can I get an airplane story? An airplane story. Damn, airplane Why do you story. Want to be it's not the RT podcast. Oh right, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. It's pretty low, like about air travel being bad. Yeah. Uh, I okay. guess I for the sake of RT podcast, I will say that we flew. We normally fly American. Did, mm. Flew a different airline, mm-hmm. and it was remarkable how much worse it felt. Really? Just the, oh. I, more than anything, the boarding of the plane sometimes feels like cattling. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of planes to divide you up into groups, like A, B, C, and that's fine. Yeah. But this one felt like it was. It was like first class, then main cabin extra plus, then main cabin extra plus squared times two yeah, or whatever, then about. comfort squared, and then there was like cabin, and then there was everyone else. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So it was like it was like five people went in with the first group, three people went in with the second group, four people went in with the next group, and then everyone else, then all remaining hundred passengers went in with it. It just seems like a weird organizational thing. I had a parka and I was shivering. Like I was out in the Russian winter because I didn't know when my group was going to get yeah. called. <laughs> and, and when no are they gonna going to finish on. building that Austin airport, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's been under construction forever. Yeah. We didn't that's, go through Austin. That's the flavor I wanted. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to ask you guys what Joel. interests you guys have. I want to hear, hear Joel's first or Lisa's first. This is a safe space. All right, yeah. All right, so uh, it's pretty... You, you, guys, you guys know We know me. you. I... My family was like, um, we were a Broadway family growing up. So we listened to a lot of Broadway soundtracks when I was a kid. You were all orphans. <laughs> Somehow. You, your parents. I don't get it. Do you cut the fingers off your gloves or did they come that way? <laughs> you buy them that way? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Orphans Unlimited. Um, so where all my friends, like in third, fourth, fifth grade, when all my friends were listening to Paula Abdul and Michael Jackson, we were listening to Cats and South Pacific. Mm-hmm. So I never knew, I never knew contemporary music growing yeah, up. But you knew Rum Tum Tigger. Whoa, you, <laughs> Rum Tum Tugger. Sorry, oh. excuse me. Sorry, that was a test. <laughs> that was a test. <laughs> um, uh, Cats was the first show I saw on Broadway proper. Wow. Um, very interested in the movie that's coming out. Anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, you wonder why you're ostracized. I love that you brag about <laughs> it. Yeah, and then, and then you talk down to us like we're stupid. <laughs> These idiots don't know what a tugger is. Um, so... Yeah, growing up, like, I-, I was never able to participate in, like, um, like singing at, like, lunch. Everyone was, like, singing uh, Vanilla Ice or whatever, and I, like, never knew the lyrics, but but I was, like, fucking there for music class when we were singing, uh, you know, whatever from Oklahoma. And it's, you know, sort of continued in my life. None of my fr- most of my most of my non-gay friends in L.A., like, just don't like musicals, especially mm-hmm. because of the... Uh, the jobs I've had and the companies I've worked for, which have been G4, Machinima. It's all video games. It's all like yeah. like media and, and video games. Yeah. Um, and it's all mostly like dudes who don't fucking care. So it's been a very like sort of self-imposed uh, exile into the, the island of misfit musicals. But, it, but this sort of pairs with this other philosophy that I have, which is uh, as a kid, I'm going to take a little bit of a divergent track here. As a kid... You really enjoy things all the time because you're experiencing them everything for the first time. Everything that yeah. you experience as a kid is like a wonderment because you've never had a fucking lollipop before. Or if you've had a lollipop and you never had one with bubblegum in the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and as an adult, you have fewer new experiences. And so I try to limit my exposure to things before I can experience them so that I can enjoy things for the first time for the first time. Um, and I do that specifically. I started doing that with musicals. Um, so... 
even though I love Broadway musicals, I'm not caught up with a lot of contemporary Broadway because I don't want to listen to the soundtracks before I can see the show. I want to experience mm-hmm. the the music the way the context it, in, in yeah, the context yeah, yeah. of the show. Yeah. And when I'm able to do that, like I went to go see a gentleman's guide to love and murder, uh, like two or three years after it came out and it was touring, but it blew my, I didn't expect there's a big twist in the show mm-hmm. where like, um, both a, there's a plot twist in the show, but there's also a meta twist about like how the show is, uh, constructed. That's like awesome. And like mm-hmm. amazing. And like, it's really funny, and I would not have gotten that uh, experience if I had been listening to the soundtrack yeah, yeah. beforehand. Um, so, I've self ostracized myself. I've self ostracized from my friends by listening to musicals, but then I've also ostracized myself from the people who listen to musicals by not listening to. Oh, wow. Well, but I do feel like I feel like that isn't necessarily your fault because that's kind of the business model of musicals. Mm-hmm. That's how they distribute them. They, I. Like I don't I remember for what I signed up for Amazon or something and they gave me Book of Mormon for free. Mm-hmm. I never listened. I just sat there in my Amazon things of like available. Never listened to it because yeah. I was like, why would I? Why would I do this? Like right. it's there's more to the show. Right. And then like whatever two years later, we finally saw Book of Mormon when it came to L.A. for the fourth time or something. I would argue like that's a show that's like super funny watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound, like the soundtrack, I wouldn't want to listen to it. Well, I think when you know it, when you have the context. Yeah. It makes the songs better. Yeah, I would agree. Like Hasadiga Ibuai. Like all, when you understand it, like you and you're like, oh my god, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about what the characters were enduring at the point. I would say that although most everyone likes to rip on you for loving musicals, it's yeah. one, by far one of your most enduring characteristics. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what people, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I w- would not change a thing about you loving musicals. Like. Yeah. Uh, it disarms your otherwise imposing demeanor. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it's the same thing with like you love ska, Bruce. Right. In well, an unironic please way. Please always ostracize me for that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. it's but, the, but I love that you <gasps> love ska. Mm-hmm. We should write an all ska musical. No. Wow. No. Don't the first do that. musical no one's ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I would. I would not. I would not accept. Well, maybe I would accept a certain amount of money. For you to not love ska, I would accept. I mean, how much, how much, how much are we talking about? For the most part, a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Yeah, but someone offered me. They said two hundred dollars, and it, we'll wipe it doesn't it. matter. The deal can't be done. Oh, he yeah. can never not love ska. But I love that you love ska. Well, it's the same with Joel. I, I love that he loves music. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, interesting that you bring up how you avoid. Uh, I, I, I guess it's like the same with trailers. And, yeah. and movies and stuff like that. Yeah. I've been doing that a lot more recently because I don't. I want to ex- experience things for the first time, um, and that's an, that's an interesting way of putting that you're ostracizing yourself from other people mm-hmm. because you you basically are, mm-hmm. when, especially with musicals. I, although musicals are pretty, I think they're pretty large in terms of the audience and stuff they mm-hmm. have, right? I mean, like generally, people there are a lot of people that like musicals and watch musicals. I, I would argue, gr- like growing up as a teenage, like no, as a kid in Baton yes. Rouge, Louisiana, in the, in the 1990s, yeah, yeah. like then no, yeah, you're like, correct. I was yeah. not listen. I was not part of an online community of like yeah, yeah. Reddit.com/r/Broadway, yeah. <laughs> which which is potentially why I think this may be a uh, generational thing. Like at a certain yeah. point after social media, like if you're a child in the post-social media world, it's like well, you can always find you yeah. can find other your group. people and yeah. and online. Uh, discourse is sometimes just as meaningful to that generation as it is in person. And I hope that as you become an adult, like it's not as ostracizing as you think, like that the people that are your friends and you really care about you, even though they might not be as hog wild about musicals as you are, they would still go to, like I would go to a musical with you yeah, because I know you're passionate about it. 
expensive. Can't afford the tickets. He so said, James says no. Well, they're so expensive. You know, I read something recently about a year ago that Broadway musicals have always, Broadway live theater has always been about 10 times the price of a contemporary uh, movie ticket, which holds true mm-hmm. for most shows. Like, oh, not okay. like a superstar. Oh, so like it Hamilton. scales as movie tickets? It's, it's always scaled with times. So, like, when a movie was 10 cents, uh, a Broadway show would be a dollar. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because. You just make one of the movies, yeah, and then you just send them just, out, yeah, and everyone like, yeah, yeah. Be, like they're, you're paying for the initial cost of making the movie, and then the very minor cost of duplicating the movie. Yeah. Whereas every single time you go to a theater, you're paying for those actors to be performing and the stagehands and everything and to happen band, all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense. I understand why they're expensive. How did you get into ska, Bruce? Is that your thing? Or is that that wasn't even thing? my thing. Yeah, what's your thing? Um, <laughs> well, real quick, we're going to get into Bruce's thing. Oh, okay, but right. I'm going to do an ad read because I want to talk about something we can all agree on. Saving money. Oh. So talking, <laughs> I'm talking about honey. <laughs> the reality is if you're not shopping around, you're probably not saving money. So what if there was a way for somebody to do the shopping around for you? Well, that's exactly what honey does. Honey is a free tool that you download to your computer's browser while you shop online. Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts, then it automatically applies the coupon with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout like magic. It's that thing where if you're gonna, sometimes you go to a place and you're like, oh, I really wanna buy from this place. Maybe I should Google to see if there's any coupons for it. I know I do that. Saves me time to just use Honey. Boom, you don't have to do that extra Google. 90% of the times those coupons are expired and I have to pay full price for Six Flags. It's like, uh, uh. But Honey does all that work for you. Save yourself some time, save yourself some headache. Um, it works on over 20,000 sites like Amazon, Nordstrom, J. Crew, Nike, Best Buy, Nordstrom again. It's listed here twice. Look at the double Nord. Those are their notes. They want you to know Nordstrom's ready to go. Uh, Target, Macy's, and more. It takes zero effort to install. Just two clicks and you're ready to start saving anytime you shop online. But don't just take my word for it. Here's what a couple five-star reviews had to say. Love Honey. Heard about it through a podcast, maybe this one, and I finally caved after hearing their sponsored ads so many times I cannot believe I haven't used it earlier. So useful and have saved me so much money since I installed it. Was an idiot not to install it before. And then it's like uh, the face with the P. Oh, and then so the tongue coming out, yeah. but it's the lowercase p. So it's it's like they put it, the tongue out the center and then had more mouth out to the side. Um, there's really no reason at all not to use Honey. It's free and easy to use on your uh, easy to install and use on your computer in just two clicks. Uh, don't take it from me. Take it from our viewers. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/dude. That's d-u-d-e. Joinhoney.com/dude. Honey. The smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money, honey. I was promised a couple of five-star reviews, and I only heard one five-star. You want another one? I can give you another one. I got another one here. I didn't think I needed it. it. Definitely needed it. Five stars. Glowing review from Ann in Kansas. I made up that second part. Oh, (laughs) maybe we don't know. We don't know where that review's from. Um, Thank you, honey, for your sponsorship, Bruce. Yes. Mine's Get into your interest, you big nerd. Mine's weird, yeah. It's not Ska, uh, although it could be Ska. Uh, it was Star Wars, but Star Wars wasn't popular when I got into it in 1991. <laughs> not at least in the way that it is now. It was so uh, it was it was interesting because Star Wars died off around like 85. Mm-hmm. 83 was Return of the Jedi, and then mm-hmm. 85 it went away and it became this niche thing, kind of like Star Trek, mm-hmm. where both Star Trek and Star Wars nerds were looked at the same way, which was nerds, like mm-hmm. the biggest nerds. And I remember really liking Star Wars when I was a kid. Uh, and How'd like, you get into it? 
Uh, my parents showed me the movies over and over and over when I was really young. They and printed it on you. They, yeah. they totally did. They, I, latched, I latched on to it because I probably saw the first movie when I was three. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I just kept seeing it over and over and over. And uh, I'm sure my parents were worried about me because it wasn't going away. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like I kept asking for more Star Wars things and they were like, there, there isn't any. You were like, yeah. but isn't there oh, another? It's laser football. Yeah. Go play with this laser <laughs> <Yeah>. football. <laughs> you were like, Mom, isn't there another trilogy? And she was like, no, son. That would be stupid. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so around 1991, I was like 9 or 10, and I was like, okay, there's got to be other. There has to be. There was no internet at the time. So I started looking, and I looked for books. And it turns out, in 1991, there had been 30 Star Wars books Oof. out. Like, they had released these books for years and years and years after mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. Nobody knew that. Um, and I was like, well, all right. I've got all this. So I, I consumed that material just with so much abandon. It was just like, I would read book after book after book, just over and over and over. I had a disc man with the Star Wars soundtrack that I put in. Wait, so did, sorry. No, yeah, I'm going to, I'm getting to it. I'd sit in my bedroom when I was like 11 years old, sit in my bedroom, put my little disc man on with the Star Wars soundtrack and read the books. Mm-hmm. The best times of my life right there. That was it. It was it was like watching a brand new movie with the Star Wars soundtrack and the books. And mm-hmm. all your friends were there. Ron and Luke and Leia, Chewbacca and <laughs> I love that. Oh no, Norkins was there. Pork and dead. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like it was like I think you talked about how you did that Lord of the Rings, right? Where you would somebody told somebody talked about how they listened to Lord of the Rings soundtrack and would like read the book. I, maybe, maybe uh, it was you. No, because I got into Lord of the Rings way pre- He had Lord no Rings. soundtracks. No, but, I mean, that oh, sounds movies, amazing. Movies. I do listen to the soundtrack all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It was somebody I was talking to. But about. I, I was with you there. I read not probably as many of the books as you did, but I read the yeah. the Admiral Thrawn uh, that, trilogy. That's the, that is widely regarded as the it's best. the best. The best trilogy. And it's actually really well written. I read so. the Jedi Academy trili- trilogy. Uh, I, there's a lot in there to love. There's a lot in there to love. I also read the... They go, they go into like the, the abandoned like catacombs of Coruscant. It's very cool. Was there ever like a more young adult there was. series of books? I feel like I remember seeing those at the library because I was at the library all the time. There, there were a ton of young adult series that I was too old for. Oh, too cool. Wow. 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 <laughs> it's Star Wars, but it's not cool. He didn't Star read Wars. Goosebumps. He read Fear Street. <laughs> I, was, I was 12 years old and I remember thinking to myself, young adult? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I, not me. I am a man. Uh, yeah. Today, <laughs> let us go, mother. Uh, I have pubes to grow. Um, and the worst, the worst part about this. So, like, what I used to do is I would read all these books and listen. To, but I didn't tell anybody I did that. Mm-hmm. Never told anybody because, like, I was embarrassed about that. I didn't, like, I knew if anybody ever heard about that, they'd be like, "You fucking nerd!" Like, mm-hmm. come on, what do you like, Star Trek? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what I started doing was in my off time, I started building models. Started building, building Star Wars models. They had a ton. Um, I was really bad at painting, but I was good at building. So I'd, I'd build them and then I'd put them up on my little shelves in my bedroom. And then when I around like 14, maybe 13, 14, I started having friends over. And they would come in and they'd see the models and be like, what the fuck is this? And I'd be like, well, it's a Star Wars ship. It's, yeah. it's an A-wing. Mm-hmm. And they go, what do you mean a Star Wars ship? Those movies, they don't, they don't have any new, new movies anymore. I was like, those are from the old movies. Those models are from the old movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know you didn't see the ship, but it's an A-Wing. I would say they're also probably deep cuts. Yeah, right? they, yeah, they like, were definitely yeah, It's not deep even cuts. like the Millennium Falcon no, or whatever. They, they were so, deep yeah. cuts. And uh, Were there any friendship ending models? There were never any friendship ending models, but I did happen to get a few of my friends into Star Wars. Oh, oh okay. that's, that's great. That's good. Yeah, so like I kind of evangelized it. And then I, I tell you what, when 
the Star Wars trilogy was re-released in 1997. Yeah. Bruce rose to power as the most popular kid in school. I don't know about that. That's not it. But happen. was it like you like a Palpatine power? Like you, they were like, yes. <laughs> or was it like a good power? No, it was a like, good power. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, the so homecoming king at our high school was the head of the Star Wars club. I was the vice president. <laughs> the vice president. Uh, vice chancellor. There were at least 10 kids in that club. Wow. Every week. Wow. 10 kids, but this is a high school of 1,200, just so you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, but, uh, but either way, that was a big deal. Did you, were you on, as a Star Wars fan and purist, were you on the side of, were you young enough to enjoy the re-release remastered, or were you a purist and like, no, I want to see the outline. I was young. I, I, no, I was young enough. Um, because, I thought it was cool at well, the time. So And also, I had never seen the movies in theaters. Yeah, me neither. So, so that was a big oh, deal for me because cool. I remember yeah. being like, I never got to see these movies in theaters. With a crowd of people. And everybody, everybody kept saying there's never going to be any new Star Wars movies. Yep. You'll never get anything. Uh, and so when these movies came out in the theaters, I was just like blown away. Yeah. I, and it didn't matter this bad CGI, who cares? Yeah. Didn't matter. So. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was like, at the time, I for sure was like, whoa, the explosions are bigger. Whoa, there's a do back there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, don't, t- wait, don't, wait. don't. He wants credit for the do back reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but, but either way, mine is kind of strange because it turned into more pop culture than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people have been, you know, like, oh, like Star Wars. Like, everybody likes Star Wars. And I'm like, well, not. Now it's cool to like. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I, yeah. I liked it when not everybody liked it. So. I, I would imagine I did not like Battlestar Galactica either old or new, but I would imagine it would be akin to being a huge Battlestar Galactica fan in the '90s when it was a laughable idea. Yeah. It, was, it was laughable. Yeah. And then it came back, and people who made fun of it for years and years and years suddenly fell in love. Maybe not, way. maybe not laughable, but like Doctor Who, just coming back and being like, I yeah. was a Who Doctor Who has kind of taken was... that, mm-hmm. yeah, that resurgence, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like a thing that people like. Or it's like now. listening to Robbie Williams for two <laughs> decades and like then that. Under the Radar Volume 4 comes out and it's like a huge hit in America and then everyone, and he's everywhere and you're like, yeah. yeah. Relatable. You know what I keep thinking? Like, not even his best album. I actually keep waiting for Robbie Williams to somehow make a resurgence or even an insurgence. No. <laughs> I know. In, in, uh, in, uh, this is going to sound really <laughs> lame and defensive of Robbie Williams, but I feel like he isn't manufactured enough for, yeah, for like that. one, he's old. I know but what he's two, saying. he's not he's not manufactured enough for mainstream Western pop music. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah he's just for you. It's just for me. <laughs> he or, or he, he needs to did do. Did he sing to you? Did he look he, at you and sing to you? He did. At one point, he pointed. He doesn't want American fans anyway. He doesn't need right? them because yeah. he's got me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. so that, that's my. Thing, that's but, uh, yeah. I mean, that's good. It's that's funny. Good it's funny too because the only thing separating you from your peers in that scenario was. The onset of information, kind of like the information yeah. age, because yeah, like I mean, you can you don't know that at the time, but if you're thinking about like, oh, I can, there's 50 books. Well, they don't make books that people don't read, you right. know. So like, but you don't but think of that. that. You no, don't yeah. think of that when you're 10 years old. Right. You think you think, well, I'm the only person who has any of these books, so no one else cares. And I guess they just keep making them for me or whatever. Well, there's <laughs> something know? magical about finding someone else that knows about the thing that you know about. Mm-hmm. In person and going like, what? you've read these books? Like we can talk about it. like, and that doesn't really exist anymore mm-hmm. on, because of the internet, which isn't a bad thing. It's just more of like it just doesn't exist. I don't know if it exists or not. Like I'm not like we're not in high school, and there is like that moment of like oh, when you're true. when you're learning new stuff in high school. Like I didn't know about Monty Python right. until my friends put me into Monty Python, and then like then you discover it together, and then you go into like the sh- like and the show only at the time was you know deep cut VHS, but there there's got to be that experience still where. 
maybe kids are discovering old episodes of The Simpsons, like like first four seasons or something, where yeah, it's a show that's been on forever, but like, have you seen these old episodes? Yeah. I don't know, like maybe, uh, maybe, maybe yeah. that exists. Hey, kids! I guess you can like go online and find anyone that shares your interest. It's a bad example, and I don't mean it to sound as egotistical as it's going to sound, but like when someone in our, will post in our subreddit and be like, I met a Funhouse fan in oh, the yeah. wild, and it's they're like, I yeah. never thought I would meet anyone mm, else that's who likes true. Funhouse, and I'm that's like, true. I didn't think you would either. Um, <laughs> isn't this whole but, conversation basically like we're talking about the experience of Tumblr, isn't it? Like niche interests and finding those communities and like mm-hmm. realizing that you're not alone kind of sort of kind of yeah it, it is but without the internet we'll be at and i think tumblr yeah. also carries the impetus of like for well, i should right. well no uh, yeah but I, I should share this because other people want to hear yeah. or want to see the gifts that i want to post yeah this i think is all of us holding on to things where we're like we probably shouldn't share this yeah i, I actively hit it'll mine. just be crickets yeah no i, I actively oh, yeah. hit it away from people mm-hmm. i didn't want to tell anybody that. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. me too i've done that did you ever did, was there ever a scenario like either before or after you had a negative interaction with friends coming over and seeing your Star Wars stuff where you felt inclined to put things away or hide things before people arrived? Or were you like, no, it's part of who I am and I'll kind of accept the consequences of it? Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, No, there wasn't ever a time that I was going to like fully give it up. Mm -hmm. But there were times that I would be like, should I put these models away? Like I remember thinking to myself, like, should I just hide these so that Mm -hmm. I, no one asks me questions and I don't want to answer these questions. Like, don't worry about it. And I think there were probably a couple times I did that, and yeah. eventually I just gave in, and I was like, you know what, fuck it. If they ask me, I'll tell. I'll tell. Mm-hmm. What years when I was in middle school, I built prior to there being any um, fully functioning, like fully, you know, licensed uh, Lego kits. Also, I was still playing with Legos in middle school. Uh, I built a fully functioning X-wing with like, oh. uh, like the uh, you could. Would they open up? It would open up. The S foils. S foils. Uh, you could lock them in attack position. You oh. could lock them in uh, flight position. Yeah. Uh, you could raise and lower the the cockpit and everything, and they had little landing feet. And I just built it out of scratch myself. And I I kept it out for a long time in my bedroom. And then years later, I was here in LA. This has been like eight or nine years ago. My parents sent a whole tub of my old shit out to LA in like a storage thing. And I got my X-Wing back. And oh, it was wow. like, it was in there and I was fucking rad. I loved it. And I put it on um, on my, my a shelf in my room. But like if I was dating somebody and I was inviting them back to my, my room for the first time, like if I was like, all right, this is a relationship I might want to have. I would hide that shit. <laughs> he'd cover Absolutely. It, he'd cover it with a, like a signed rum tum tugger. That's, <laughs> like, that's better. <laughs> I got it yeah. right that oh, time. You mean you would hide the X-Wing that you built of Lego when you were 12? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I would. Because I wanted to be... Listen, the year was like 2007 or 8. And we were oh, okay. all hyper-masculine back then. There's... We were wearing Von Dutch hats. <laughs> we were wearing <laughs> Axe body At a party. Everyone looked like they got out of a semi-truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a semi truck that was transporting the cast of rent. <laughs> Keep dancing, fellas. Elise, do you have? I mean, I know oh, you do. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, it is very much the experience of um, a lot of things that I was very lonely in as a child have become mainstream or at least, you know, accepted. And I was a pretty lonely kid. Like, I was alone a lot. I didn't really hang out with friends outside of school that much. Um, so I was did a lot of like independent activities. Um, I was always like writing or drawing or doing something like that. But uh, I, I, my mom gave me like a, an old typewriter when I, cause I was, I was a very avid reader from a very, very young age. Like I probably from the ages of like four to 10, I always had a book. 
like to the point where my mom would tell me to stop. You know, I'd be I'd be at dinner and she'd be like, put the book away. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got into mysteries really early on. And particularly anything that involved, like I would read Agatha Christie books at, you know, age seven and I wouldn't understand a lot of it, but I just liked the idea that there was this detective and this was the setting and everything. How do you pronounce um, his name? Hercule Poirot, but I also wa- I would okay. watch the French. I would also watch the Hercule Poirot oh, okay. series with, with my mom. So, uh, but my mom gave me like an old typewriter, and I fashioned myself to be a little bit of a oh. gumshoe writer. Oh, so so cool. I would wow. I would write like I would type little like I would write mysteries, and I would try to emulate you know the mysteries I saw, which were like oh there's a you know there's been a murder at this <gasps> this mansion, and there's yeah. who who you know, who oh, done it of these fourteen absolutely. mysterious mm-hmm. suspects. But like no other kids were doing that. And you know, I go to school and I'd bring my manuscript to my backpack and be like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna show anyone. Oh. But I mean, I had lots of like really nerdy interests that I was always all in on. I like to build little dioramas. I just I just imagine the process for you is like it's done. Take it out and then immediately into the fire. I loved it. I think I loved the act because I loved picturing myself as this this, you know mystery writer and this mm-hmm. is in the atmosphere of the typewriter and I was Elise, doing all of how it. often did you imagine yourself like a mystery happening around you and you became the person that had to investigate the mystery how often did you did you imagine the, that? the thing is like it wasn't even that it wasn't even as cool as that it was like I'm the person chronicling this mystery oh. <laughs> like that to me was like the the yeah. the sexy part I of wasn't it. Like, there uh, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, oh like it, like that's the sad part okay. it wasn't all even right. like that I was a kid where I was like I was like, being a mystery writer would be so cool. Oh, that's so cool. I also love the Muppets, as you all know. I love the Muppets from a very, very young age. And Joel and I have, have uh, you know, we've sympathized with one another about this because it, it definitely was not cool to like the Muppets when I was a kid. It was perceived as something that babies liked. Was that because of Muppet babies? I don't know. No, Maybe I think it's like they're colorful and they're puppets. They're puppets, mm-hmm. yeah. They're puppets and they're sincere. Yes. It was, it was, it's a very, uh, like the the... The messaging of the Muppets is very uh, sweet it is. And, yeah. and very wholesome. And also they like, again, they, like, sing, they sing and yeah. These musicals were not cool. And so it definitely was not like it was something I did not share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did did not share in like elementary school that I liked the Muppets. And even though like I was going home and, you know, when Muppets Tonight came out, I re- record every single episode and I was watching it three times. It's something I did not tell anyone. There was one kid in my class that I also knew liked the Muppets. So in secrecy, I did divulge to him that I liked the Muppets. But now I feel it's like, it's like, man, every influencer on the planet, if they can go to the Jim Henson yeah. studios, they're, it's like, oh, it's, you know, a huge thing. Have you been? No. No. I'd love to. Jim Henson, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, he's oh. Not. But uh, I think it's like, it's not something that I think I look at with resentment. It's like really nice to have other people appreciate the thing that you appreciate now. The Jim Henson Studios does parties. Yeah. You can like book out parties. And I had looked into having her birthday there once, but you need like, it's like parties of 200 or it's like you need to. It's, they have to be big events. You could get that together. That yeah, are really they, expensive. And they did the thing where they really like expensive. they opened it up for like six nights or whatever. Remember, mm-hmm. but the, yeah, like yeah. it was impossible to get into. Yeah. Uh, I also felt the same way. Like uh, my family liked Muppets, and we were a Muppet Take, take Manhattan family. Obviously, <laughs> it's my favorite one. Um, it might be. It might be the best. I don't know. I think but it's the best Muppet movie. Two experiences of mine like really fulfilled my Muppet like craving when I moved out to LA, and one was my like one of my first 
fake jobs was I was a script reader and for a tiny production company I was renting space on the Muppet on the Henson lot and so like whenever I would come in to take a meeting with them and like give them my my uh, coverage uh, I would go sit in the main waiting room which was just a cavalcade of retired Muppets and all their Emmys and Oscars which was like mind-blowing at the time a few years later I became a PA on a pilot have I told you this story? Maybe, yeah. It was a pilot that TBS was doing called Late Night Buffet with Augie and Dell, and it was a Muppets pilot. It was, it was Muppets, and they we shot four episodes, and it was the writers from Animaniacs making a Muppets show with oh, wow. full-body, like, big Italian, like, uh, you know, full-body Muppets on behind a desk. And there was, like, a monkey band. Ooh. And being a PA on this show was amazing. Like, it, it paid nothing. But you're on the lot, and the writers would be like, oh, you... Uh, go grab, like, go to the creature shop, grab some eyes, and we need to, like, you know, approve whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, yes, I will go into yeah. the creature shop where they build Muppets and grab the eyes of the Muppets and hold them in my hands and bring them to you. That is a thing that I, making minimum wage, would be, yeah. would pay you to allow me to do. <laughs> yeah. It's super surreal. It's yeah. like, and it's, I think it's one of the things about living in this town. Because I think we've had lots of weird, super surreal experiences among us now. Like, when Nintendo had the, uh, they did the Star Fox Muppets a few mm-hmm. years ago at E3, and then they had like the Reggie Iwata oh, and yeah, Shigeru yeah. Miyamoto mm-hmm. Muppets, and and Jim Henson Studios made those. And then at E3, I was like, I'm standing, but mere feet <laughs> mm-hmm. from something that the Jim Henson Studios made. Well, it's like w- really weird yeah, yeah. stuff that like, have you met any of the Star Wars? Oh yeah, actors I mean, like I produced like, an interview with Mark Hamill, and like, I mean, like it was the same deal. Like, yeah. it was like you're blown away. I, we're all, I think we all kind of grew up fans of something that was relatively niche mm-hmm. and you see it all here in Los Angeles over and over and over and like some things I just never get used to some things I'm yeah. just like yeah. I can't believe that this is part of my life now or part of what I'm you know what I see this is a, t- this is a slightly tangential it's awesome about like living in LA the op- we're great we live in LA <laughs> but the op- like the opportunities that we have living in LA like one of the things, Simpsons for me was another, it was, it was the most popular show on the planet in the 90s. So it wasn't like it was niche, but it still felt like you were in this community of people that liked the same thing that you like. And when we went to the Simpsons live show at the Hollywood Bowl, mm. like that yeah, was right. so cool. Like Conan O'Brien was up there yeah. singing the monorail song. Mm-hmm. Hank Azaria yeah. was there. Like yeah. you don't get, like I went to go see um, uh, at the El Capitan Theater, which is a movie theater that's owned by Disney. Uh, they showed the um, Black Cauldron, which they never show in theaters. I had never seen it on a big screen before. It's hard to get a VHS copy of it. And not only do they show it in theater, in the theater, one night only, they had the animation team doing a Q&A of that movie, including a 91-year-old animator who had worked on the original, like, Sleeping Beauty Snow and, Snow and Snow White. Oh, and, like, it was, like, it, like, it was so, yeah. like, if you yeah. are a fan of especially entertainment niche uh, interests, like, L.A., yeah, like, there, there's I, no other place on earth. I yeah. saw a Silver Linings Playbook, and Al, Al, no, Al Pacino, uh, Robert De Niro came out to talk at it, and then Harvey Weinstein Whoa. came out to wow. talk. Wow. And I'll never forget. <laughs> did, he Bring ask, that push. did he ask you out on a? <laughs> yeah, he did. He called me. He said, "Talk to me behind this potted plant." Yeah, no, but I, I, I have seen War- Harvey Weinstein live. It does. It does seem interesting <laughs> because the the op not the opposite, but like the sister side of that is always like New York, New York being an entertainment city. But New York seems like the kind of thing where as opposed to something glamorous, like that was a glamorous experience with something that you love. New York seems to be you're walking down the street and across the street is Woody Allen 
and you cross the street, you're like, oh, hello, Woody Allen, and he mutters at Don't you. Don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> which is a true story that happened to my mom. Oh. <laughs> well, he was with his wife-daughter at the time. I don't he didn't want me disturbed. Wife-daughter? Um, wife. Daughter-wife, I guess. But, but it's like, that's the New York also has that, too. Yeah. But it's just them living their human lives, not wanting to be disturbed. Yeah, talk and to they him. also have to use all the same walking and transportation that everyone else does. You can't bother Woody, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, there it is. That's a great impression of Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome that everyone had all those experiences. I, yeah, but I do think like it sucks when people. I'm sorry, I know you're trying to wrap. It up. Oh, I thought you were gonna hit me with a segue. I thought you were hit me with a segue. No, I was just gonna say okay. something heartfelt that. That's revenge um, for the time that she set up a segue. Sorry, no, 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 life. Anybody that's young and impressionable may be watching. Like life's too short not to enjoy the things that you oh, like. And to kind of wear that proudly. But I do think, I think, I'm curious, I guess this is a question to anyone watching, uh, is it, is there a gap there? Like, if you are a child of the social media age, do you feel like there's something that you've loved that you couldn't find a community for somewhere? You know, like, have you ever felt truly alone with an interest? I know people sometimes just feel bad and feel like, Alone. Alone. Yeah. But like with an interest specifically, have you ever felt like there's an interest that you don't have to share with people? I think there's something really wonderful about our, like the time that we grew up, it was like a really wonderful, like it was probably the last generation to be able to truly discuss, discover something and make you feel like you discovered it. The other side of that though is that like, I remember really wanting to play, really interested in Dungeons and Dragons, really wanting to play it, really into fantasy, but I was already so bullied enough in middle school that I knew that if I went, if I walked into the Dungeons and Dragons store in Baton Rouge, that I would just, I would be ground into the dirt. And so I, I didn't want to do that. And I think mm. the the difference between now and then is that now there, there are so many ways to find like communities online. And mm. while you might not have that same moment of like pure discovery and feeling like you, you've, you've chartered uncharted territory, you can also not be embarrassed, like potentially be embarrassed oh, by yeah. something because there are, there are other people out there like you. And yeah. that's like a really cool experience. Too. You can reinforce your own outlier interests using the internet and social media and yeah. what it is, which is, is a positive use of that kind of stuff. Um, well, I'm glad we've all found something that we love, something that we think is awesome. For those of you that haven't, might I recommend Bespoke Post. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you're constantly on the go, grinding away at the office or hanging out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or apartment. Enter the Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post. They'll do the work for you to find quality and unique products to deliver every month. Uh, to get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a couple of questions about your interests. Star Wars Woo! or musicals or typewriters. Whatever it is I like. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, answer a couple of questions about your interests and the kinds of things you want to upgrade to, upgrade to your lifestyle. Uh, whether you're in search of the perfect drink, that's kind of a Lawrence. Lawrence is always <laughs> looking for that stuff. Um, or a well-cut pad, Bespoke Post improves your life one box at a time. Uh, every month you'll receive details on your upcoming box and from there you can change colors, sizes, add extras, or even just skip it if you're not feeling it. It's because there's a lot, there's a diversity. They may send you a shirt, they may send you um, some cool wine, wine, what do you do with wine? Talk about wine, you drink decanter? a decanter or something or whatever. <laughs> or guzzle. Something, they'll send you new cool stuff so you kind of, you should always take a look 
at the products that they're planning to send you to make sure that they fit or they're the right things because there's a lot of stuff here. Um, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man or woman if you want to play that game at least. I do. Well, then you're in. Uh, so if you want to receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter code DUDE, that's D-U-D-E, at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com's code DUDE for 20% off your first box. Bespoke post, themed, bo- themed boxes for guys that give a damn. Wow. Ooh. Which is that kind of intensity you should apply to your interests. You should care. Yeah, give a damn. You should care. Well, thank you guys for sharing that with me. I wanna. I have another news story that I just saw the other day that I think is worth discussing. I mentioned it to you guys earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, theme parks are fun. We got all kinds of themes. Disney themes. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Nintendo themes. Land. Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo Land Knox is Berries and, and Jams. Nobody mm-hmm. knows. I don't know, don't know about that. It's Joel's passion and he's interested. And he's Six Flags. Jazz, he's beautiful. Compotes. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. <laughs> the composter. Well, if you could make a theme park out of anything, what would it be? Star Wars. Okay, we already got that. What Anything. Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's a good one. That's, that's a, good a good one. one. Oh, Probably Lord of the Rings, too. Or Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What if I told you you can get something better than all those things right. in China? Better than Star Wars? Yeah. Take our money now. What is it? A Lionsgate-themed theme park. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Lionsgate. What do you mean? So Lionsgate's the production The production, production company? company that makes tons of huge like, franchises. Like? Such as? Such as Hunger Games. Wow. And Twilight. Uh-huh. Um... There is, they're doing a theme park. You said, um. <laughs> they're doing China, the the official country that's willing to settle for anything. What are the attractions? Well, well like uh, I mentioned, there's going to be tons of attractions. And is there a Midnight in Paris Let ride? Me, well, close. You know? Here are Where's some. Woody Allen. Of, <laughs> He's back. The, 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 it will span 22,000 square meters of indoor space and will feature 25 attractions, including six based on Lionsgate franchises, including. Hmm. Hunger Games, yeah. huge franchise. That's a huge franchise. Twilight, massive. Massive franchise. Global sensation, uh-huh. maybe even a phenomenon, uh, a la Robbie Williams. <laughs> the Divergent series. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. Watched, Can anyone name all that? those? Divergent, Insur- Convergent, Insurgent, Insurgent. Resurgent, Detergent. Detergent. There you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. What about, what have I told you, Now You See Me? I've seen both those movies. Cool. <laughs> okay, so there's two movies. And I've actually about seen magic. both, and they're both not bad. <laughs> okay, imagine you could write a ride based off that movie. That's right. I'm not trying Dave to write a Franco's ride. Now You See <laughs> Me. It's going to be a heist ride, I guarantee you. All right, yeah. what about this one? Gods of Egypt? Oh, that's why you're interested. Yes. That's why you're talking Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. I never saw it. Gods of Egypt you never, ride? You've never seen it? I don't I, think, that's the thing. I don't think anyone saw it. Did why I walk out of it? Did I leave? You did leave. Okay. <laughs> what is, no, I don't believe that. What is, the, what is the international box office for Gods of Egypt? I have no idea. I'm sure I looked it's up. pretty I, high, I probably. thought that the, I was thinking about the movie. This is different. There's one more, Escape Plan. What the hell is that? I think that was the movie with the raw, Jason Statham. What the, I don't know what that is at all. What was this? I think I read, oh, Sylvester Stallone? What? Nope. I think a, Sylvester Stallone was in Escape yeah. Plan. The problem is that all these rides are going to be Sylvester big Stallone giant and Arnold screens yeah, that, and chairs yeah, yeah. shaking you. If they made practical oh, yes. rides, it'd be great. Whoa! It did so, very poorly. Oh. <laughs> that's why. That's why, That's my favorite thing. I saw this and I was like, well, they got, they got a couple there that, yeah, made money. And the rest just seems like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Guess how much money got uh, uh, on a production budget of uh, $140 million. Reportedly. Could be less. Guess how much money the domestic box office take of D- Gods of Egypt Domestic? Was. Yeah. I'm going to say... 
37. 50 million. You're real close. 75. 31. <gasps> oh, oh my no. gosh, it's terrible. <laughs> Warren, oh. Uh, worldwide, including U.S., it's a hu- only $150 million. Oh, boy, that's a failure. That's a failure. And they're making 140, 150, that's $10 million. If someone gave you $10 million today, would you think that's a good deal? Marketing. Don't forget about the marketing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> marketing budgets. Uh, usually oh, double geez. the uh, um, So, yeah, I think I can't wait. It, apparently, the uh, Twilight and Hunger Games will feature via simulators, while Gods of Egypt the will worst. be the subject the worst. of a purpose Built indoor VR roller coaster. Yeah, uh, I could actually get. I, I was. I was thinking the only way to make that cool is holographs or VR. No, the, I want all practical. Park will also feature shopping I opportunities am a and restaurants. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only good ride like that is the, the, the Harry Potter ride is good. That's the yeah. only one that it's is good. It's a mix, good. It's a mix, right? What would you count that as? A roller coaster VR? It's a mix of the two. It's a roller coaster yeah. and it's a and it's a screen based. I think I think the best of that is the Transformers ride. Honestly, really? I think I Transformers know. is better than Harry Potter because no. Harry Potter. When the dement, you can see the crane. You see. Yeah, that's, that's what I love. The, I don't like seeing the that illusion is broken when it goes from Harry flying through on us in a CG world to a spider that's like hydraulics are breaking. <laughs> nah, when that Womp and Willow's coming at you. Transformers is the only one that better. I feel like I've been on where I'm like, is that box in on the screen or is that not? Nah, um, it stinks. I don't know if that's what they mean by give me Grinch miss any day. I want that Grinch screaming in my face. That's what I want for an amusement park. There's a Grinch Grinch miss, yeah. Like I'm walking around the park. Oh, remember? oh, just the guy in the I Grinch costume. Yeah, that's not a ride. Experience. He's the one's downtown LA. Um no, yeah, I we did actually when we were in Vegas. We did Void. Oh yeah, we did the Ghostbusters. We did the VR. Ghostbusters Void. Oh, I haven't done that one. I did the we've, Star Wars one. We've only done Star Wars before. Cool. Because they had they had Ghostbusters, and then they had another one which wasn't available called Nicodemus, which was set oh. during the oh, Chicago World's awesome. Fair, and it was a it horror great. VR. I thought I thought it was about the Rats of Nim. I, I know. Oh, I thought, what, I I know was, what you thought. <laughs> you got that excited <laughs> for Secret of Nim? Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Secret of Nim is on Amazon Prime right now. It's not good. I rewatched it recently. The animation's good. It's the fine to watch. Fine, Put it like, on in the it's background. Like it's, not, it's not faithful to the book. That's the problem. I mean, he's right, had. but that's what everyone said. Um, well, I guess, I guess, is there, what other properties would you guys, if you could have other stuff in here, the from Lionsgate, from Lionsgate. <laughs> what other, what Look other up the list of Lionsgate properties. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Are there other Lionsgate? It sounds like they've gotten all of them. In that, in that <laughs> now you part. see me was honestly more than Gods of Egypt, the most funny one that I thought. I think a game where, uh, or an attraction where, in an overpopulated post-apocalyptic world, children China. fight for food oh. is really perfect for China. Do you mean real life? I just he, you did you just kaboom China. Yeah, I think he I, did. I boomed he, he, he boomed I, I, the whole country. Boom! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have the internet there, so it doesn't matter. They have the internet. They just don't have our freedoms. <laughs> they only have Chinese internet. I know. They, 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 they don't have any they have, other. Name. They have Aladdin and Weibo and. What's all that stuff? What are you talking that's about? That's like their search engine and their Amazon. Oh, it, oh, yeah. well, they have John Wick. Guys. John Wick's a pretty oh, good property. Oh, maybe a continental would be cool. Buffalo 66, was that that movie where that guy got a blowjob from Chloe Sevigny or whatever? Gods and Monsters. I don't know what that, I've heard it, but I don't know what that means or is. I don't know what that means. The Red Violin, that'd be a great ride. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Dogma, imagine a Kevin (laughs) Smith ride. American Psycho, like a- American Psycho. They do like a little haunted house. And American Psycho 2, as long as they have American Psycho 2 in there, I'm good. 
Taxi Two. There was two? a second one of those. I thought there was a there with Mila Kunis, right? Yeah, that there was a second one. Good for them. Um, I mean, they got a lot money. of stuff here. Oh, which, if I recall, was that remake of Othello. It was. Yeah. 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 Um, what would you even do for a Hunger Games ride? Like, what's a ride in Hunger Games? Like, they, uh, they drop you in an the arena? The Tracker Jackers are coming for you. Oh, Tracker Jackers. Uh, I think an attraction would be, like, they build the capital, and they have, like, ridiculous dumb foods that you eat, eat and, and vomit. Throw, throw it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Oh, okay. Hunger Games. Hunger Games, guys. Never wait, wait. I've, is, I've only wait, watched them on planes, is, and I never finished them. Is the Maze Runner Lions game? We were talking about that before. I don't think the don't Maze think Runner's on here. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, okay. All right, huh? sure, yeah. Dude, House of a Thousand uh-huh. Corpses. No, isn't there, like, some, isn't there some taboo in oh. China about the walking, like, basically zombies, like walking corpses? In World of Warcraft, they had to, the undead had to be, I think... Skinned with something. I know else. the yeah. vampire skeletons. Really? I know oh, the vampires. They can't be skeletons. Right. Oh, okay. They can't they have zombies, vampires. but no oh. skeletons. Okay. Um, Irreversible, that French movie about where rape. Monica Bellucci, yeah. Bellucci gets raped in a tunnel. I don't know that we should put that in a theme park. Okay, maybe not. What about the Dirty Dancing Havana Nights? There we go. <laughs> oh, day after tomorrow. There's a lot of they do a thing. You're, you're sliding down. Day after tomorrow, ride right, where you sliding and, down ice sheets away yeah. from the tidal wave. Oh, they made Saw. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there could do escape rooms. Oh, that's Diary actually, of a Mad Black Woman. Yeah. Diary that's the first one that I think you could actually do, which is the Saw Escape Saw, Room. Yeah. I yeah. think they're doing that. Actually, I think I know for a fact that there was a billboard for a Saw themed escape perfect. room in Vegas. That's perfect. There was also a Hunger Games exhibit. They have exhibits now in Vegas. Like an so there's like an exhibit. Avengers exhibit that you can oh, buy a ticket that, yeah. for and like see all kinds of Avengers stuff. But this, there's also a Hunger Games one. They too. had Star Trek there for like for years. Mm-hmm. You know, they had like the that set the, and there's a whole experience. Was it Stardust? What was it? It was that some shitty hotel. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, it was Stardust. It was Stardust. It was Stardust. It was a really garbage hotel. I, I, I did it. Did you go? It was terrible. Was it really? Yeah, it was garbage. Larry, original sets. Larry the Cable Guy. Hard candy. They'll have an animatronic. He just does, oh, yeah. he does his bits in the corner. Get R done. You know? Get R done. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they did the new Ro- Rambo. Any of my Both movies? The Punisher movies? Woody Allen's Annie asking. Annie Hall ride? I can't do it. has been dead forever. You know? I can't. Oh, Daybreakers. I saw that movie. In theaters. Uh, with Olivia Munn. Wow. Olivia and I went and saw that film. Yeah, maybe a little date? No. It was Conf- for it was neither for, confirmed nor denied. It was for work. Oh. Did you share popcorn? <laughs> I think we did. That is a date. Sometimes love does <laughs> nope. feel like work. For work. Butter? Um, no. Hole yeah. in the bottom? I mean, no. looking at this, I think they made the right <laughs> you're like, you're choice. You're like, yes, but it's for work. <laughs> I don't really see much else here. Oh, The Expendables. Okay. Ooh. I could see that. So that's something else. I could see that. Oh, I Frankenstein. There should definitely be. Oh, I Frankenstein. Duke. Technically, this could be a Duke Duke park. Yeah, the Duke. Except it would be universal. Well, I'm right. in. Are you guys going to go to China? To, uh, Adam's gonna go to visit. China. He can do it. I don't. I mean, Adam. Adam goes to every. Where? Where in China is it gonna be? The haunting of Sharon Tate. Let's say. Let's see. <laughs> is it Beijing? Some place I can't pronounce. Either Beijing or Shanghai. It's got to be Beijing or Shanghai. Uh, I know China. Yeah. Do they just avoid Hong Kong entirely? Is that what's going on? It's opening this month. It's not. Well, it's, do people not go uh, to Hong Kong? Hankin, no, I want to go to Hong Kong. Hankin Zuhai. The so-called Greater Bay Area of China. All right. Well, I didn't know that. So there you go. Good job, um, China. It's going to have shopping opportunities and restaurants as well, just so you guys mm. know. You know, I wish I knew more about China. I wish they'd let more information out. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, because I, I really, I feel like they've I'd like this, it. They've got this protective barrier around the country that keeps information in. What's it called? 
firewall, some sort of great firewall. No wonder. The great firewall of China. <laughs> All right, do you have anything else for this podcast? I do. All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. What's he waiting for? Why? Well, he he wants to get to the last part of it, but we have to. Because I got to get home to my baby. We have too. to do an ad. Joel has to get out of here. Your so. baby doesn't want you. <laughs> no, my nanny wants me to come home and get. Uh-huh. get <laughs> well, when you get home, make sure you're smelling good, Joel. Because this episode is all to you, also brought to you by Fleur. Um, every morning, I wake up, I spritz myself with a little bit of scent because even though I might maybe want to smell a little bit better, um, that I, I already do smell pretty good. At least, yeah, I smell pretty good when hits, I wake up. Me in the eye with but sometimes scent. I want to smell different, maybe smell a little better, smell a little fresh. Um, but you know what I don't do? I don't check to see what I'm actually spraying myself with. You do this all over yourself. You're covering yourself. Do you ever actually look to see what's in it? No, I guess no, not. you don't. Why would I do that? Well, because it could be anything, but that's what makes Fleur so exciting. They make stunning, non-toxic perfumes and list all of their ingredients online mm. for luxurious perfume that's all about good, clean, fun. Try Fleur. That's P-H-L-U-R. Uh, get to know each of Fleur's scents with pictures, words, and even playlists on their sites, because if you think about buying a scent online, like that's why I feel like all the names of body Gratitude. washes are all like so weird or whatever. Thing. That's fine. But this, they actually give you kind of context as best as you can yeah. without using your sense of smell. Um, and then uh, best of all, you can then try them out, see how they work in your own life. Uh, Fleur's world-class perfumers, which I didn't even know, really even think about being a job, but is a job, are scent artists. And these perfumes are their masterworks. Masterworks, Joel. Yeah. You can appreciate that. You've been to a museum. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, every Fleur scent is gender-free, the way all scents should be. Hmm. Um, Fleur is completely transparent. Uh, it's a completely transparent fragrance company. They tell you every ingredient that it, that's in all of their perfumes uh, and why it's there, which is important too. Bruce, you've tried. You've tried some. I got a quote here from you. Do I have permission Hit to it. read it? Hit it. It's hard to describe, but Hepcat, which is the name of the Fleur perfume, that's the name of a scabin as well. Really? Yes. Is that why you picked it? See. Um, is like that cologne your cool uncle would put on before peeling out on his motorcycle into the sunset. I'm not saying that I'm the cool <laughs> uncle. I'm not saying that I'm the cool uncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, that's what it smells like. Okay. Elise, you also have a quote here. Yeah. Uh, Hit you, me with it. You said that Hanami is soft, subdued, and refreshing. I also appreciate that it smells like a cool uncle as he pulls off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that it's not tested on animals. Yeah, it's made with love and not tested yeah. on animals. Another good thing. Uh, if Adam were here, he'd probably tell us about Greylock, which is like taking a road trip up the California coast with your cool uncle on his <laughs> Hold on tight, kid. Um, but yeah, these are more than just smells. These are scents. These are things that can kind of fill out your character or whatever you want to do. Um, to make yourself feel more confident getting out there and uh, making a good impression. So go to Fleur.com today and use promo code DUDESOUP to get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. Pick three cents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code DUDESOUP at P-H-L-U-R.com to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off P-H-L-U-R.com. Thanks, Fleur. Now his with the thing. All right. You guys ready for the the last part of this? Yeah. Ooh, you better thing. believe it. Playing the so, Joel game. So we, we're playing a James game. For this for game. That's nice. We're playing a James game. I, uh, generally, when I host a podcast, I do some sort yeah. of game. It was movie details, and I also then we did fake Vince McMahon right. games or whatever. Whew, this is my new game. 
summer's coming. Big blockbuster movies are coming. Uh-huh. One of the biggest of the summer is Lion King. Woo! Disney's Lion is King. It? Okay, yeah, right. biggest of the summer. Okay. All Africa. All right, sure. Okay, huge release, massive cast. Okay. Big characters. Yol Africa in Africa. <laughs> Based on one of <laughs> Disney's favorite properties. Africa it's not a and comedy. <laughs> I made a little quiz. I'm going to show you an image <laughs> of one of the characters. Mm-hmm. From the new Lion King mm-hmm. movie, and you oh, have to tell me what fuck. character it is. Oh, I can nail this. Yeah. This is gonna be a hate crime. I mean, Go it's a, it's it's animated. It's animated, right? It's animated. No, All the characters are so much character. Live, no, it's live action. Well, it's it's animated. It's not animated. It's digital artistry. Live it's digital effects. Action. It's, well, either way, one of the most important things about a movie is knowing what characters what. All right. So uh, so I think okay. that's Simba. the fun test to play. Well, quit to lying see. around and let's get to it. Will Africa. All right, Omar, let's bring us pull up the first one Simba. Here. All right. That, what scar? That, what character is this? I don't know. He's this is some of these are pulled from their that's character Sim- portraits. Some of these are po- pulled from their character portraits and others are pulled Mufasa. from Mufasa. their from their uh from the trailer is and that, stuff. Is that, is looks, that old Simba. He looks like he's got a scar yeah, but but, but he looks look, regal. He doesn't look big enough. He doesn't look evil enough to be is scar. That Mufasa? I think it's Mufasa. Mufasa. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> Who is it, Omar? Mufasa. <laughs> All right. You're right there. It does look like a scar. It works. Yeah. All right, next one, Omar. It's regal. What about that? That's Mufasa. That's the ghost or the darkness. That's Mufasa again. Simba. I think you're just showing us Mufasa. I think that's again. Mufasa. Are you again, showing us too. Mufasa over and over? It's not all Mufasa. I, but that is this one, one is Mufasa? Mufasa? Simba. Simba? Older Simba. Mufasa? I think it's Mufasa. I might be over older Simba, but knowing you, it's probably Mufasa. I know. Again. Knowing James. I don't know. It looks that like joke it, would only go so far. Just a warning. It looks that like, joke would only go so far. It looks so like far. the scar on his, the same scar on it's his not eyes. A, there's no scar. It looked like a I'm scar. I'm going to say Mufasa again. I'm, Mufasa, Mufasa, Simba. Who is it? Mufasa! James! Okay, all right. All right. James just rigs these games. No, it's not rigged. They're just jokes. All right, next one. That's Nala. That's Nala. That's Nala. Gotta be. It has to be, right? Or what's the... Niobe. Niobe, But I think it's... You don't think it's Niobe? I think it's Nala. You think that's adult adult Nala? Nala? I think it's Nala. Nala? Yeah, okay. Nala? 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 Please tell me this isn't Mufasa. Might be Niobe. Joel's checking his watch. Might be Niobe. <laughs> All right, who is it? Nala! Nala! Great job. Nice job. Great job. All right, next one. That's Mufasa. Again. That's Simba. That's Simba. Is that Simba or Mufasa? Well, he's got. No, different... that's different. That's Simba. Okay, yeah, Simba. That's Simba. Is that I, Mufasa? That, these again? are different. Those are eyebrows. Are they, they, they gave him eyebrows to make him more expressive. I'm going to say it's Mufasa again. No. <laughs> no way. Simba. You would do Simba. it. Simba. The bad man. James would do it. James would do it. But <laughs> Mufasa. Mufasa again. Simba. Who is that character? Oh, Simba. I'm glad we're already having eyebrows. issues I know, I know figuring I... out which fucking character is what in this fucking movie. I know he had it, but I All just... right. Let's keep going. Okay. Who's that? That's, that's... young Simba. You can see the eyebrows yeah, are the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, young Simba. Yes. Good job. Good yeah, job. Simba. It's digital. Listen, this is perfect animation. There's nothing wrong with it. You can tell the characters apart. All right. Let's see who it is. Ooh, Sarabi. Oh, not Niobe. I'm Who's afraid. Niobe? Who the fuck is Sarabi? Sarabi is Mufasa's wife. Yeah, yeah, that's Simba's mom. Oh no, wait. But I guess Sarabi's... it's good that you guys yeah. had no idea how old this character was or anything. What? I guess. How could you possibly? I guess Simba gets the, the demarcations from from, from Sarabi. Sarabi. Who is Niobe? 
I don't know who that is. Is that from the Matrix? That's from the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that one is that one's that was a tough one though. That was a tough Come one. Come on, give us like Timon or Pumbaa here. Jeez. Well, no, that we already do that. That's They're it? not lions. Is no, there there's more. more. Okay, there's okay. more. All right, let's keep going. Who's Bad that? scar. <laughs> That's no, the, wait, no, that's, that's Mufasa. Mufasa. That's Mufasa. That's Mufasa. That's Mufasa. He's got the eyebrows. That's it can't be Mufasa. No, that's Simba. That's Simba. That's Simba. Simba. That's Simba. That's Simba. Simba. Or, Simba. Or is that the same photo of Mufasa from earlier? <laughs> it definitely could be because we didn't recognize these before. <laughs> it's Simba. I, Simba. I'm going Simba. I'm going Simba. Who is it? Simba. Oh, nice God. job. Oh, <laughs> nice job. But we still weren't very sure. Okay. I'd like to do this again with the animated versions. I should have done a second quiz with the ones from the cartoons. And then we go, that's easy. All right, let's keep going. Who's that? That's little Simba. That's little no, no, no. Yeah, I think it's little yeah. Simba, too. Yeah, little Simba. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. I eyebrows. have the glare of the lights, so I can't. Uh, to James, like to James's cheap. point, if we watch this movie, I'm not going to be able to notice who, who has the eyebrows in a movie. So Simba, so who Simba, is Simba. Yeah. Who is that? Oh, it's Nala. Nala. What? She's also got Luke. the eyebrows. Well, I guess who cares? They're all they're all inbred, right? They're yeah. All, they're all basically her sister. Right, that's the first one we've really gotten. No, second one. We got. Yeah, all is right. Mufasa Nala's father as well? Do we know? <laughs> I don't. We can't confirm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Uh, I'm not sure. We we maybe only have like, Niobe. Is, is, Who's Nala? Nala's Simba's sister. No, no, it's his she's, wife, future wife. Oh, that's right. But we never see. But also, maybe dad. a sister. They don't discuss. Remember that. the really sexy part where she says, "Pandya." What? Oh. Yeah, she goes, "Pandya." Wait, from the cartoon? Yeah, oh. the sexy yeah. part know, from really, the cartoon. That's, yeah, that's a weird thing. baby lions. That's a weird thing that he said. All right, okay. Uh, how we? I think we got oh, maybe one more. That's a picture of a real lion. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just a lion? In that's the a real lion. Movie? No, the, the fluff is too fluffy. That's not a real lion. Let's say real lion. I'm re saying real lion there. All right, real lion. I'll go. I'll buy it. Real lion. Sure. I'm with Bruce. All right. What is it? It's a real <laughs> lion. <laughs> I like that I said exactly word for word. <laughs> real lion. Uh, you guys did really well. <laughs> really good job identifying the main characters of this movie that's supposed to come Bruce, out. It's supposed to be I animated. Was, I was really Simba hoping you would have again. three so different you got ideas it. to try and have us They don't have wow. image, real good imagery They for just them. released some today. Oh, of po character posters yeah, yeah. for them? Oh, you weren't going to do the... I thought we were going to get some of the hyenas and stuff. Well, okay. No, because oh, you didn't know gosh. those characters. Well, we don't know the, the whole point is that all the lions look the fucks and shit. Yes, but, the, but, the but we have is, to guess the, the hyenas I don't think the hyenas look the same as they do in the cartoons. The, yeah. In the cartoons, they're really differentiated. Mm -hmm. Well, not in this movie. There's no way. They all I don't look like think hyenas. That, that wouldn't help Bruce. <laughs> that would, Bruce would just... What, what are the names of all three hyenas? Shinzi, Ed, and Banzai. See, did you get that? Did you know that? I would never. I have think known. I knew Ed. So I mean, it defeats the purpose if you can't even know the name of the yeah, character. I would never. Fucking amateur anyway, hour over here. That's a real line. I hate dangling. I I'm really excited for this movie to come out. I oh wait, I saw it in the '90s. <laughs> Only better. So. <laughs> uh, anyway. I think that's a pretty good end of our episode. Nice job. You guys did really well in that yeah, quiz. Only got two wrong. Really good. Only got two wrong. Yeah. No tricks in there either. No. <laughs> no Mufasa. I think the only thing I did was I took a picture of Simba and then I horizontal flipped it because it was almost the exact same shot of Mufasa. And people will put that on movie details and say it's an intention thing, but it's not. It's just because they just made lions. They made lions. They just made lions. James is right. They couldn't but even put the shit on their face. It's making a perfect lion. It's not. That's okay. not artistry because I can go to the zoo. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's our episode. One, a couple things that I just want to shout out. Thank you for watching. 
Um, we got some more stuff coming up from Funhouse. RTX is this weekend. Uh, Austin, Texas. We'll By the there. time you're we'll uh, hearing this, watching this, uh, we're on our way probably because uh, we have to get up. We're, we're going to we're gonna be but, there. Fudge a dawn. Yeah, we're going to be there. We have to get up at like 5.30 or whatever. Um, and we're going to be there cool real early doing RTX. Uh, if you're if you're <laughs> on your way to RTX or you're already there, hopefully we can see us. We got two panels over the weekend specifically for Funhouse that we're going to be doing. And then we're doing all kinds of other stuff. All too. kinds of other stuff. Of so stuff. I, I recommend getting the app or whatever. Um, if not, I think we are intending to take the video oh, of yeah. our Funhouse panel recording it, yeah. and then put it up at some point oh. eventually. So there will be that That's option nice. too. Um, upcoming gameplays. We got Gun. Another another episode of Gun it's coming part in. Five. Um, I can't remember four or five. Four or five. Bruce, uh, Lawrence, and I played Team Sonic Racing, and I think did pretty good. We did okay. Pretty good. I could have done better actually. After we played, I was like, I could have done better. Well, we got there's. You'll see. We got a little screwed in there. Uh, another new Google Trends. This is all this oh. weekend. New Google Trends. This is just this weekend. Sinking City gameplay. Yeah, yeah. A parade it's of hits over good. here. It's a, it's a yeah. mystery that Elise headed up. <gasps> mm-hmm. a mystery game. Um, and uh, our review of Spider-Man Far From Home. So mm-hmm. we got a lot coming up. Uh, also, theater mode returns soon. What? Yeah, Friday, 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Mm-hmm. We have the start of, uh, we got give you some Ox episodes last week. This week, we've got four of the classic theater mode episodes starting we're leading with Samurai Cop, which is a classic. It's great. Um, it's Red great Letter film. Media has like delved into mm-hmm. it. And uh, last but not least, um, Joel suffering from the most harshest of real world problems lamented to me before this podcast began that he's been stuck at 149,000 yeah. Twitter followers for about. Since I left Funhouse. Since he left Funhouse. No! Neither, neither grown nor shrunk. Yeah. Follower fatigue. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. so do your, thank you, Joel, for joining us. Do, yeah. yourself, do Joel a favor and follow him at Joel Rubin underscore. <laughs> oh, yeah, the underscore. <laughs> um, Either that or keep Harmony Grits. I know. <laughs> you made the right decision. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for thank you. sharing your interests and stuff. And thank you guys for watching. Um, and also thank you to our sponsors, Honey, Bespoke Post, and Fleur. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. That's a real lion. Can I go that pee? Is a real Can lion. I go You're pee right. now and then go home? It's a real yes. Lion. Yes. Go to your boy. I have to go pee. Bye, Joel. Bye. Real lion.